Hey y'all, what's up? This is Kat Jones. Today is January 25th, 2020. I think I'm going to tell you about buggery because this is queer all year. Hey guys, what's up? This is Kat Jones, your host, in case you didn't listen to our intro. Today is January 25th, 2020. And I am here with my bro and sound producer, Mick G. I spit hot fire! That sounds painful. Well, what doesn't spit hot fire here is... Well, I'm going to spit some hot fire at you. Some hot fire stories. But first, I'm going to spit hot fire social media at you, because you guys are awesome. If you would like to, you can go out and like our Facebook page, Queer All Year. Or, and, or, especially and, you can join our Facebook group, Queer All Year Fam, because we're fam, and you are our fam, and I sound ridiculous when I say fam, and it looks like farm in my notes. Do you want to be Queer All Year Farm? I can do that. I don't think we're a farm. Uh, We are Queer All Year Pod on all of the social meds, like Twitter and Instagram, and I think something called Amino... Did I set, I set that up? I don't know what it is. I haven't used it. Let's go see. Um, our website is going to be up soon. Excited about that. I broke it, and I have unbroken it, and now I just need to make it look like it's not broken. Yay! Um, also, I mentioned buggery at the beginning of this, and I realized that probably none of you have heard me use that word before, because I think I've only used it in a special I did about the history of the UK laws up to about hey McGee how far how far did I get in there like up to like the Tudors up to the Tudors yeah and then um and then I asked and then I asked McGee what he knew about the laws back then and then apparently you'll have to yes you all are superheroes and you'll have to listen to the episode, but apparently the laws of gravity, I think, don't apply to us. So we are superheroes and we can fly. And it's an amazing episode. It's going to be out on Patreon at the $5 tier. And you are going to want to listen to that because then you will know why I said the word buggery. Although I guess I'll say in here in my story. But buggery. It's a fun word. It's a bad history fun word. All right, so after that bunch of nonsense, if you would like to go rate us five stars, we would appreciate it a lot if you think that nonsense was worth five stars and all the other nonsense I've provided you over the, what, past month? Yeah, I like the nonsense. It's fun to say. I would like some feedback on the nonsense to hear if you like it. So if you like it, um, please subscribe so that it will download straight into the podcatcher of your choice. It's a word I hate. Also, if we are not on a service that you use, please let us know so we can get out on that service. Because one of my favorite podcasts has just announced that they're going exclusively to one service and no others. And I find that questionable not gonna say which one it is i hate it don't want to use it so we want to be everywhere we want to be everywhere all the time we're watching you so it like i said if you're not able to find us somewhere please let us know and we will go bother them until they let us be queer all year everywhere um subscribe rate share 
Patreon, website, Facebook page, Facebook group. Yay! Stories! Our first story is about the Virginia Penal Code. Woo! So in 1800, the Commonwealth of Virginia reduced its penalty for sodomy. And this is where the buggery comes in. It's, uh... Pe sodomy is also buggery. Buggery is a lot of things, depending on history, but in Virginia, in the Commonwealth of Virginia, buggery and sodomy were the same thing. Sodomy wasn't really... Uh, defined for quite a while. I'm saying sodomy a lot this episode. Oof. Um, so in, in 1800, they reduced its penalty for buggery. Their previous law was adopted in 1792, and it made sodomy a capital offense, meaning at the time that the death penalty was mandatory if you were convicted. It also defined sodometry as carnal copulation against nature to wit of man or woman in the same sex or of either of them with beasts which i always find strange like it's always either sodomy as in two people of the same sex having sexual activity or screwing a dog and i don't understand why they're in the same thing but yeah it's history welcome to history it's a history class um, so I am going to have to do an episode on the history of like sodomy, homosexuality laws as it pertains to females, because it's a strange history. And from what I've seen overall, very few places cared to write females into the legislation like this. So the fact that Virginia's definition includes man or woman is an interesting rarity to me. And I'm really gonna have to like, dig deeper into that. Although I do know that times when female or or women what words like that were included often they weren't enforced against that sex it's usually guys i don't know what it is sorry guys apparently it's because they don't want to watch you kiss it's like oh my god don't force don't force it on me shut up all right so <laughs> Virginia did this uh, following in a bit of a trend around the late 1700s, early 1800s, in which um, several states, commonwealths, areas of the now United States, they were all kind of lowering their penalties for sodomy. And by that, I mean not killing people as often. Um, so they did that as well. They made it so that you're not going to die. Um, you're just going to go to jail for like one to ten years. And I mean, you know, that's, that's it. If you're white, um, a, we'd, you'd still kill slaves for it, of course. I mean, they're, they're, they're not crazy. It's not like they're people. Which makes no sense to me. Because pro-slavery states fought like B-words for years about slaves not being humans and not being counted in official census, and then they relented a bit with the three-fifths compromise, essentially allowing black people to be three-fifths of a person, although Virginia wanted them to be one-half of a person, and then they all fought a war because people in the North are treating black people like people. I mean, people who should drink at Black's only mountains and live on the other side of the tracks and really probably should just go back down south once the union won the war and they could be considered free down there don't fool yourself people we wouldn't have needed the whole civil rights movement if the north had been this utopia 
where slaves were immediately freed and given excellent educational opportunities and employment assistance and free psychological help. And don't keep fooling yourselves if we suddenly became that utopia by banding together when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated and agreeing to kumbaya, we wouldn't still be in the middle of a civil rights movement. I'm writing a lot of lesson plans for Black History Month right now, if you can't tell. Okay, and so in case anyone was wondering why I keep saying the Commonwealth of Virginia instead of the state of Virginia, it's because Virginia is officially a commonwealth instead of a state. A commonwealth is wait for it, a state. A loose definition is a state in which the government is run on the will of the people, like literally the definition of our federal government and all the individual states therein. So no one cares about this, but I'm a history and etymology nutcase, so I'm going to tell you that the term was made official during the interregnum period in England, which was the name of the time between when they killed King Charles I and when they went, oh crap, this sucks and Cromwell sucks and we done messed up and invited his son King Charles II to come back from exile. So, Virginia took up this designation sometime between 1649 and 1660. Y'all, I have no source to cite for that one. I just knew that. I know stupid things. So I'm telling you them because they're in my brain. Anyway... So that's the reason it became a commonwealth during the interregnum. Because there was no king ruling it, and I don't actually know how Oliver Cromwell felt about the colonies, but the word commonwealth becoming official makes it sound like he wasn't really interested. And what does this have to do with queer history? Don't worry about it. So what the gist of what I just blasted at you, in 1800, Virginia decided that white people would go to prison for sodomy, but slaves had a mandatory death sentence and women were included in that law, which is weird, and for some reason, that it allowed slaves to be men and women is basically what the whole Black History Month thing was ranting about. But wording is strange, you guys. Don't. I'll, I'll do the research for you. Don't. Just, like, give me a question. I'll tell you. Because this stuff is deep. Let's move on to something more modern. We are going to talk about National Gay Straight Alliance Day. The very first National Gay Straight Alliance Day was January 25th, 2012. That was um, Obama's LGBT liaison, which is, I guarantee, not a position anymore, but would be very fun to fill right now, I feel like. Just scream annoying things at this current administration. Really gay things, and just, like, glitter everywhere. Oh my gosh. Glitter all over the Oval Office. Yes. Anyway, so, just to address this right out of the gate, not everyone is still cool with GSA standing for Gay Straight Alliance. I've recent, recently seen schools with Gender Sexuality Alliance clubs. There are various other GSA acronyms. Um, originally, it was Gay Straight Alliance. And so, the GSA Day uh, is an important day to honor these important student clubs. And I say it is because it's been implied all over the place and stated to me verbally directly the other day. That GSA day happens every year, but I see absolutely nothing about it post-2012, and so now I'm kind of wondering if it was a PR stunt by the Obama administration. Now, schools with gay-straight alliance clubs do see fewer reports of depression in LGBT kids and higher self-esteem, 
and just the existence of a gay-straight alliance or other support group in a school actually reduces the amount of harassment and bullying experienced by LGBT youth, which we know is really important in reducing the youth suicide rate because that is just a, a, an appalling, unacceptable statistic. Um, but obviously, these are just statistics. Believe me, I help co-sponsor a local LGBT youth group, and I can tell you that GSA is a very hard-working group, but we all need to be doing a lot more to support both the clubs and the kids themselves. In honor of the first GSA Day, the Obama administration's Office of Public Engagement's LGBT liaison, like I said, I did not write down his name, and I will put it in the show notes maybe, uh, issued a special message lauding GSA clubs and emphasizing the administration's commitment to end bullying. I will go ahead and admit that I actually don't know anything about what the Obama administration did in terms of bullying. I will dig into that and let you know about it later when I have actual information because as of writing this, that would be probably about like a 45-minute episode. I'm not doing that to you guys and I'm not giving you information I haven't deeply researched for two hours. So that will be another episode. And our next story is very, very short. Um, At a standard Board of Supervisors meeting in Alameda, California, on page 11, the very last page of the minutes, a small one-sentence proposition reads, Adopt a resolution prohibiting discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Below it are the words, Approved as revised. So on this day in history, in 2005, Alameda County, California, added to its anti-discrimination policy the inability to discriminate based on gender identity. I think sexual identity was already in there. They revised it to add gender identity. So rock on, California. You're doing some weird stuff, but this was some good stuff. Stay on the good stuff. Um, I will also... This is not a story, but... I am a thespian, and um, all my thespian friends would be upset if I did not mention that today Jonathan Larson, who wrote Rent, died. I will tell you that I don't like Rent. You all hate me now. I don't like that musical at all. I'm sorry. I'm a terrible thespian, but I know... Everybody loves Rent, and I know, I know, we will, we can talk for hours about, like, the, the good it did and, the, like, the attention it brought to the AIDS epidemic, and, like, I will not at all argue that that's wrong or that it shouldn't have done any of that. It was groundbreaking. I get it. I know. I know. Believe me, I'm a thespian. I would sit around theater class and just talk about this and get yelled at. So, Jonathan Larson was very important. He wrote several important things. Rent is probably, I think, his most famous one. But he's got three Tonys and a Pulitzer Prize for drama. And, like, um, I think he died on the, like, the during the very first performance of Rent, which is strange. Um, maybe poignant? I don't know. The universe is random. Let's pretend the universe meant this and it means something. 
Let's all think about what it means to us. You do that. I'm gonna think about how I don't really like rent. But like I said, Jonathan Larson, very important, died on this day in history in 1996. Don't like rent, but rent was also very important. Uh, you are also very important. You're important to us and to history and to all the places that need to add certain things to their discrimination policies. And you can do that because you are important and your voice is important and you can be a big part of history and we love you. <laughs>